1: Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You are tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino in studio with us today. Now, don't you forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from your Supertalk Mississippi app and, of course, your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. You can catch good things on your computer and your mobile device, too. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. Now, Rhino, knock, knock. Who's there? Orange
2: orange who?
1: Aren't you glad it's Halloween? (laughs) I love that Halloween also fell on Knock Knock Joke Day, which I think is very fitting. It also fell on National Ring of Doorbell Day. But over on the Good Things Facebook group, we are crowdsourcing all of your favorite family-friendly Knock Knock Jokes. So if you got one, you can share them there or over at the C Spire text line 601-879-4395. But my guest who's joining us here in the studio, she's not a Knock Knock Joke. She's really here and her... uh, New novel is actually debuting tomorrow. Miss Eileen St. Lauren. She is the author of Good Life Mississippi. And here's the cool part it's 25, 24, not 25, 24 years in the making. So, Eileen, welcome. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for having me. And congratulations. Thank you so much. You know, I think it's inspiring any time a creator is honest with the amount of time it took to have the inspiration to seeing the birth of their project come to fruition. Because so often we literally book things on a shelf if we feel like it's not happening fast enough or we try to speed up the process or whatever it may be. And you wonder how many great arts are, you know, never got finished because someone felt like it should have taken It shouldn't have taken as long. So let's go back 24 years ago, right? Where were you, Eileen, uh, in life? And where did this idea of Good Life Mississippi come from?
3: Well, I was in Lincoln, Nebraska, at the University of Nebraska at Lincoln. And I had moved there to continue my education from Ellisville, Mississippi. Yeah. My hometown is Petal, Mississippi. I was born in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And I had graduated Jones College. Uh Bobcats, right? Go Bobcats. Yay.
1: Yes.
3: (laughs) And uh, I was walking on the campus one day, and, you know, a a Southerner from South Mississippi on a big university campus of 25,000-plus students felt very alone. And I thought about it, and all of a sudden things started coming back to my mind that I had grown up with, like my mother, and I visited the convalescent homes, the jails, Um, the things that the homeless people and the poor and taking them to church and just taking them things and being kind to them. And people that were really, to some people, the downtrodden that nobody wanted to have anything to do with. Mama and I always went to visit them and be kind to them, even if they were dying. And those things started coming back to me. And actually, I would hear it in my head. Uh, voices in my head and i would write down what i heard and it all came out and everything i wrote first second third story got published fourth story and they would say do you have any more i say no i just wrote that saturday and um it evolved into good life mississippi because i had read sherwood anderson's winesburg ohio because I was looking up Faulkner because one of my mentors called me the daughter of Faulkner. He was uh, with William Faulkner uh, when he got the Nobel Prize. And he said, you know, Eileen, you're the daughter of Faulkner. You're an heiress of Welty. I said, well, what are you going to do to help me? He said, I can't help you. You have to do this yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. Which and is a good mentor.
3: Yes. He wrote all the cliff notes on Faulkner, Hemingway, Steinbeck, just like 52 cliff Notebooks. this man did.
1: Prior to finding your love for writing, Eileen, as a young girl, uh, did you love reading? I did. I was always sick a lot. I had a bronchitis,
3: and I was sick. So I was home a lot. I missed a lot of school. One time I got the flu when the flu first came out, and I missed 30 days of school. And You know, that's a lot for a child. Yeah. And they would send my books home. But what I did is um, I read, read, read one book a day. From two, from 3 to 4 o'clock, I would read a book. And Mama bought the Times Picayune paper at the time mm-hmm. we did on the way to church on Sunday for a quarter. And I would get the insert and order those weekly books, weekly readers or something like that. I can't r- recall. You would get one book a month. But then we I'd go to the pedal library and get a whole stack of books, sit on the floor and read all of Mark Twain, Pippi Longstocking. All the books, not all of them, but a great portion of the books that I read when I was a child. When I got to college in Nebraska, that was the freshman English courses. And I came home and I said, oh, my goodness. So I read like one Faulkner novel or one book a day. And I would write the paper the next day. And the third day I finished the course. And it was like a nine-week course. And I would turn it in.
1: You were definitely prepared for that next phase of life. And it feels like, too, your life sort of prepared you for the story. So let's talk about Good Life. It comes out, Good Life, Mississippi. That's the full name. It comes out tomorrow or debuts uh, tomorrow, which I know you're going to be back in your hometown of pedal mm-hmm. there um, to sort of celebrate. So what's, what's sort of the story behind the name of the book? Well, I, like I said, I, I actually read...
3: Winesburg, Ohio, by Sherwood Anderson. It was a small town, and Winesburg was the town. And I always wanted to call my book Good Life because everybody wants a good life. It's true. Yeah. And is there really such a thing as good life? Ah, It's fleeting. There's moments. There's There's moments. There's moments. And so I thought, well, well, I'm from Mississippi. I love Mississippi. And so I just... Come up with good life, and I made it between, it's fictional, of course, between Laurel, Ellisville, and Soso, and Petal, Mississippi, in Union. It's somewhere up in that area where that cemetery is. There's good life. and I, I you had lo- a
1: lot of folks listening to good things that was just like, I know exactly where that is in her head. <laughs> or on the map from her head,
3: exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and I came up with that, and so I just started writing each chapter. And a lot of chapters are just like the name of people like the first chapters called Myra it's about the main character who's 12 and a half almost Mary
1: Myra Boone and she goes by Myra Mary Myra Boone if that is not a southern name miss Eileen <laughs> if there ever if there ever was one give us a little backstory about your main character Myra Myra is questionably
3: biracial her daddy Virgil Boone went to Attended was in the um, home for boys because he was deaf. He's deaf and dumb. With Ray Charles Robinson, he was, Ray was blind. Virgil was deaf. And Virgil used to drive Ray around in the car in St. Augustine, Florida. He was his, her daddy's best friend. So Ray made it to Hollywood. Virgil didn't. And um, he tells Myra stories about Ray. And her mother is Marigold. Davis Boone, and she married Virgil, and they weren't sure if he was had some um, Negro blood in him. So Myra doesn't know the color of the actual color of the blood in her veins. And her mother doesn't let her go to school. She doesn't go to school until she's 12 years old. She spends all of her time solitary in the Piney Woods copying books from the Bible and reading because her mother feels like the books are devil books. So she didn't get to go to school. So she has no one, and um, then their great aunt comes to live with them, and she can read a little bit. So she her and Myra, you know team up this like 85 year old lady, right? Mm-hmm. So they're a good team. And then um, that's the story of Myra. She learns to read and write by copying whole chapters from the Bible. And unfortunately, she loses her entire family and she ends up in good life. Um, Pardon me, but I didn't say that the story begins in Meridian, Mississippi.
1: Not far. Stone's Throw.
3: Stone's Throw. In Quitman. Ah. And then... I got
1: relatives in Quitman.
3: Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And um, there's two characters from Quitman, Opal and Eddie. And they come around to break bread and eat collard greens with Virgil and work carpentering jobs. And so Myra's mother... Taught her, and so did her father, that it didn't matter if you had a dollar in your pocket or a shiny new dime. What mattered was having peace in your soul. And she remembers all those things that people said to her when she goes away. Like I remembered when I went to Nebraska,
1: Miss Eileen. You, this debuts tomorrow. Yes. Are, how excited are you that you're finally getting to see Myra have her moment in terms of a character come out and and share with the world? Good Life, Mississippi.
3: I am so excited to share my characters with the world and their voices, the voices of every color. And everybody's represented in my book. And, and you're going to be all over Mississippi. Real quick, where all are you going to be? Um, Saturday, I'm going to be at Barnes & Noble in Ridgeland, Mississippi from noon until 3 p.m. Tomorrow, I'll be in Petal, Mississippi from f- uh, 5 to 8 p.m. D- at the Petal Civic Center in the Magnolia Room debut in Good Life Mississippi and reading for 40 minutes and signing books. And um I have other interviews with other places. And where can we buy a copy? Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, all your independent bookstores, and f-
1: everywhere in the world it's available. Alrighty Miss Eileen, we're wishing you the best of luck. That's Good Life Mississippi, 24 years in the making. Get your copy. Stick with us. We got more for you coming up next.
0: Three, four,
1: You can watch good things on your computer, your mobile device. You can watch it on Roku, even Amazon Fire TV devices. You can now watch good things live on Seaspire TV. If you got Seaspire TV, you can find it on Channel 70, right next to the Weather Channel. Rhino, Knock Knock. Who's there? Which. Which who? Which of you has the candy? Ha 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 ha! If you're just hitting into good things, it is also National Not Not Joke Day, which I thought is just perfect, along with Halloween. So I want to hear your family friendly and funny Not 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 jokes. You can text them in to six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. I don't
2: know if I should hold mine for now or later because it might just be the best one in in my humble opinion.
1: Oh well, that's you get to choose.
2: All right then, knock knock. Who's there? A little old lady.
1: A little old lady who?
2: I didn't know you could yodel.
1: <laughs> I also like the knock-knock.
0: Who's there? Boo. Boo
1: I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you cry. <laughs> you knew that one was... That was definitely coming... For sure. There are several two others that come along with Halloween that we'll say for you throughout the show. But undoubtedly, all of us listening have one thing in common. I'm going to guess at some point over the last couple of days, if not today, you've been getting into a little bit of Halloween candy. I mean, it's just hard not to. Right. Like it's everywhere. Literally everywhere. I saw where, according to the Huffington Post, Americans purchase 600 million pounds of candy each year just for halloween that's 24 pounds of candy per american per year approximately 16 billion fun-size snicker bars 158 trillion individual candy corn kernels i don't know who did that math it's probably common core i don't
2: whoever know. did that math is really good at the guess how many gumballs are in the jar at the fair
1: correct hey, fun fact, I won the little gumball guessing thing at a baby shower one time. Really? I, it was like 250. I think I guessed like 225. But I didn't put my, and look, this sounds like someone who actually didn't win. I didn't put my guesstimation, you know, in there. But when they called it out, I was like, ah, I would have won. Which you would have just won the jar of gumballs, which whatever, but um but yeah, I thought that was that was kind of cool. So over at supertalk.fm, I guess earlier in October, they released the scientific study that shows the popular ha- Halloween candy across states. I'm like, who got that job? Who wrote for that grant? He's, this year we will study diligently, which candy is liked by each state the most? Like, how do you even figure this out?
2: you got a whole phone bank of people going, no, 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 don't don't hang up. I really do want to know what your favorite Halloween candy is.
1: You know, maybe they should start putting it on the census because that guy comes by, they will stalk you. (laughs) Like, if you get drawn for the census to fill out the forms and all the things, and you almost can't not do that. I'm sure there's ways around it, but they're usually really nice people, and it's just simple questions and whatever. But they should add these kind of things to it to make the research a little more easier for those who feel like they need to have it. You go through all that personal information and then at the end it's like, and by the way, on Halloween, do you prefer candy corn or ditzy rolls? <laughs> <laughs> or other? And please let us know why.
2: Not getting political, but it is from the government. So it'd probably be a spreadsheet of it's all true. these different candies you'd never even heard of. Correct. And you check the one that's your favorite.
1: I identify with Yeah, Uh, we'll stop there. But apparently candy corn is no longer Mississippi's favorite Halloween candy. I didn't even know that it was Mississippi's favorite Halloween candy at one time. I feel like it's the, you know, the nemesis. You either love it or you hate it or you just fall into that camp of I take it or I leave it. It's not something I, I mean, you may be the one who's like, oh, my gosh, it's season. Let's let's do this. Let's candy corn all day long. I would fall into the one, and you all know the little payday in a jar where it's the candy corn and the peanuts. And if you've never done that, you need to stop what you're doing, press pause on your Supertalk app if you're streaming there, and go and buy the two and mix them together and sort of see that. I can't – it's That's so, the
2: only way I eat candy corn. I'd, I can't, I can't sit there with a whole handful of candy corn and just eat it. But you add a sprinkling of peanuts and it's, it's like, balance. I can eat the whole handful.
1: It's the balance of the two because the candy corn so concentrated, sugary goodness that you know needs that little bit of i don't know whatever crunch sort of uh, is to it um but if you're wondering if you're sitting on pins and needles what is Mississippi's top Halloween candy by state it found and this is Instacart found that Mississippi is one of 33 states surprise surprise that favors Reese's peanut butter cups of the other 17 states 15 favor peanut M&Ms while two favor milk chocolate M Ms. God bless those two. I'm not sure who they are, but I think they just accidentally pressed milk. Chop. They just saw M Ms. and they went
2: for it. Yeah, that's just default.
1: I mean, unless you have a peanut allergy, in fairness, would you ever, ch- if you had the option of both, you have two and you have right here, you can take one. Are you going to do the peanut butter M Ms. Are you going to do the regular M Ms. Well,
2: they said peanut, so that's the yellow pack.
1: That's the peanut M Ms. Is the yellow pack right? While two states favored milk chocolate m ms
2: Which is the dark brown pack. Dark, yes. Whereas the peanut butter is in the red pack. And that's about as okay. off the rails I'll go with m ms I've tried the other flavors, like the birthday cake flavored or the brownie flavored or the pretzel m ms or what was that monstrosity color? The crispy m ms or it was like an M&M and a crackle bar had a baby because it wasn't as good as a crunch. It was like a crackle. And that that's another one of those Halloween candy things is... Why did they put... I, I understand why, because it's the company that makes the, mm-hmm. the candy. They put the Crackle in the little mini ca- candy bars when nobody likes Crackle. No. Crackle's the knockoff to Crunch.
1: But isn't Crackle just that like filler that someone said, hey, how can we make this stretch further? Let's add some filler in there to make it crackle and pop and call I it something new. I think it could be new.
2: argued that the dark chocolate was actually filler, and now it's... Gotten a pretty good PR team, and everybody loves dark chocolate because now.
1: it's supposed to be healthier for your heart.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, if you look, but as a
2: kid growing up, I would I would muscle through the crackles before I ever touched the dark chocolate.
1: The, oh yes, mine too. Will Turner put her nose? I feel as a dietitian, I feel the same way about it, if it's heart healthy quality chocolate. They ain't giving it out at Halloween. It's expensive, so like. You know, whatever you're finding that came in the little sorted bag that was picked up at the dollar store or the box store or whatever it may be or leftover from last year, while on the spectrum, it could be a schmidge less in sugar than or or whatever than the, you know, the, Just milk the
2: tiniest stock. bit healthier. Like
1: You know, it's like smoking light cigarettes versus Marlboro Reds. I mean, come on now. Like <laughs> you're going to make that rationale to yourself. You go for it. You feel good about your decisions. But if it was really going to be like true cocoa, heart healthy kind of chocolate, it's
2: one of those fancy bars that cost several dollars sharing for that a bar
1: with the snot nosed kids in the neighborhood. And if she, the is, kids
2: wouldn't want it anyways because it, it's like eighty nine percent cacao. It tastes like you stuck your tongue off in the Hershey's cocoa powder.
1: It is true. It's not. It, it has. It take. It takes a lot of. Uh, you have to appreciate what's giving you in terms of. Uh, nutritional value to really stomach it, kind of like with kale juice and all the other things. You trick yourself into thinking this is a refreshing beverage because you override
2: super- that part of your brain that was it was created or evolved or whatever you believe to not drink green goopy liquids.
0: Oh, but this They're is not good so for younger. you. If you
2: come across it in nature, it's a green goopy liquid. That's probably not going to be healthy to drink.
1: <laughs> no, there's usually dead bugs and fish floating up, belly up in it. But hey. But you
2: slap a naked, naked label on it and everybody wants to spend four <laughs> bucks on it.
1: <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's the same little voice when we spite into a bean patty and call it a burger. And it's like, no, it's just, it's just not the same. But you're probably not going to find that in your kid's candy box. So just go for whatever it is that you enjoy. And if the dark chocolate brings you joy, I mean, you know.
2: Yeah, I'm just poking fun. Yeah, ones. get after not it. Not for me, but.
1: Well, you can usually find it in excess. Oh, yeah. Like it's the one thing when your kids sit down tonight and sort of divvy out all of their candy and organize it or start to sort of uh, trade with their friends. It's that pile that, like, if you go and get your parent tax no kids slapping your hands for it. Like, it's it's a free, it's fair right market. Right there
2: next to the Swedish fish.
1: Yes, it is.
2: Not knocking anybody that likes Swedish fish. It's just not my ball game, and I've never met a kid that liked them.
1: No, and most kids, even the tiniest dots, they'll open them because they look like fish. I mean, they look fun. they look
2: like that little plastic toy you used to get at the arcade where you take it out and sit in your hand, and it coils up and curls up, and you uh-huh. lay it down. And it lays back out flat.
1: And then they bite into it. Me not like it. And then it ends up, you know, over there. That, too, and, like, dum-dums. Because it looks like a
2: gummy, but tastes like licorice.
1: Correct. Dum-dums, That they, they get opened, and then it takes too long to eat, and so there's dum-dums everywhere. unopened after after Halloween as well.
2: Is it just me, or is it, is it only at Halloween? Like, you have certain things that, that come around Halloween, like candy corn and the candy pumpkins and stuff like that, but any other time of the year, do you ever see the fruit-flavored Tootsie Rolls. With I mean, I'm sure you can colors. buy
1: them, but not in the excess that you do. You have the vanilla and the strawberry and the green ones and the, you know, the regular melt chocolate ones, and I will fight you for those. I will go in there and find it and pull it out before you can, especially the pink ones, the little strawberry-flavored ones. The vanilla ones are good, but I just, blue, I'll always wonder why they've associated blue with vanilla. It feels very It feels very weird. But what's not weird is you sticking with us. We've got more for you coming up next.
0: Rebecca Turner. She looks...
1: To good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. If you've got the Supertalk app, we're streaming live from there. But, of course, you can always find us on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. Today not only is Halloween, but it's also National Knock Knock Joke Day. So, knock knock. Who's there? Ivan Ivana. Ivana who? Ivana suck your blood.
2: <laughs> I want to suck I want your blood. blood. You do it
1: all that better. Knock knock. Who's there? Ooze. Ooze who? Ooze that monster over there we will be here all day, guys. Not really. we got a
2: couple pretty good ones on the ceasefire Spire text line from the 662. Knock, knock. Who's there? Atch. At who? Sorry. Bless you.
1: Nah. I saw Jeff in Oxford gave us one, too. Where was it? I think I have to scroll up for it. Knock, knock. Who's there? Olive. Olive who? Olive. You so much. Oh, <laughs> we love you, too, Jeff and Oxford. And you also posted a photo of... We would get these every year when I was a kid.
2: Do you remember those?
1: The, it's the little... It's a
2: wax harmonica.
1: A wax harmonica. I don't remember those, but They didn't work awful. very
2: well, so they didn't usually last more than a, about a note or two that you could get out of it, and mm-hmm. then they went to the bottom of the candy bag, and then you never really got to the bottom of the candy bag, because that's where the, the crackles and the dark chocolates and everything wound up, and it usually just got thrown out after a couple months.
1: You do find some people do veer from the traditional, which is just the mixed candy bags or whatever it may be. And they try things like crayons, toothbrushes. You may even see like the goldfish or even the um, pretzels. I do know, like in all seriousness, if you have a child who's got severe uh, food allergies or whatever, some folks will put out what they call the teal pumpkin. You know that it's going to be like non candy items. And so I think there's a place for that in every um Neighborhood, but I mean, that is a small percentage of children who, you know, who are that way. And when you start thinking about it, someone mentioned for me and my wife, we care more about the day after Halloween, half price candy and put up the Christmas tree. It's true. I mean, the price of candy just slowly keeps kind of creeping up. And year after year, if you were to ask or think about, depending on where you are in your life, like if you've got grandkids, think back to what you paid for a bag of candy and how big it was back in the 80s or 90s, right, versus what you see now. It may be the same price, but the bag is like, you know, a little bitty shoebox size bag versus like the big old mega jamma bag. And it's an investment to, like be do part of that for for your neighborhood and so i'm always appreciative of those who want to get up and do that because it's not so much you know um been my sort of forte and i've always been the one that I'm the mom screaming get one and tell them thank you you know like from the from the side i mean from the from the streets and uh yeah but when you think about even just in our lifetime because rhino you and i probably grew up where your costume was second thought. It was you may have had some fun with it and it probably yeah, it depended as, on it depended. the age. The, the age. older you
2: got the, the less you cared about yes. what you were wearing or even having the little pumpkin pail. You you just grab a pillowcase and go cuz it was all about hitting the most houses possible yes. to maximize your candy gathering possibilities
1: and what season of life and you if this was you i want to know which one you had you went to the store and it's the plastic face and that's all you had it was like of the different i guess celebrities at the time or maybe I mean,
2: they still exist but they no, kind of fell like, out of fashion, fashion. In, uh, but it was all you would wear late 90s yeah it
1: was just you just had the face it
2: Was the last time i saw a lot of people wearing them
1: and then you wear you wore what is it micro like Black top, black pants, or, you know, you were kind of just, you know, still on the, you know, <laughs> that was your costume, right? And then I
0: was they, Dracula one year,
2: which involved white face paint, a cape, and slick back hair. And that was pretty much it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Didn't did even you, really keep the fangs in.
1: When did you stop dressing up?
2: Just a couple years before I started driving. Just It, it kind of quit Oregon. being the cool thing to do.
1: Mm-hmm. I get that. I mean, some people really embrace it and still have a lot of fun with it. You know,
2: it was well. I mean, everybody hits that period in their life where you you don't want to be treated like a little kid anymore, and you look at certain things as being little kiddish. And for for me, because I have a younger brother who's just fifteen months younger, I, I kind of feel like I got pushed away from little kid things a little faster because I didn't want to do stuff with him. Just being the bratty older brothers. I don't want to. I don't want to go trick or treating with him he's a little kid i don't want to be a little kid i don't want to be a
1: little kid but give me all your candy can i go through your candy oh yeah and
2: then you you make the bad trades with him until he finally figured out the value of certain candies
1: i wonder if there's a pack of smarties
2: is not worth the big hershey's
1: you know there's there's a lot to the older kid having better negotiating skills than of all the children because i've even watched my oldest of course there is seven years apart but her negotiation skills with the little one to try to, and even if she just asked, I mean, EJ's three, she's going to give her sister whatever she wants for the most part. And But Neely will really work hard on trying to set the stage for why they should swap trade or, you know, to get, and I'm like, you know, this is probably not appropriate at this time. You're taking advantage of your little sister, but I'm really impressed at how you're, you're really putting thought into your argument for her to eventually just give up the Tootsie roll or whatever whatever it is it means so much to them in that in that moment something else has sort of changed over the years too with halloween and I, I was so sad to see that um charlie brown's great pumpkin um
2: yeah the great pumpkin special
1: was not going to be aired on television it's
2: the great pumpkin charlie brown
1: you can get it on um Apple Plus, I think it's streaming there.
2: I think this there, or Peacock, or one of those.
1: One of those. I Google it; you'll probably find it. This is one where you wish, and you could probably still find the DVD, but it's probably going to be a little bit more expensive now because there's a want for it when people, when it got taken away, you wish you would have bought it in the fifty cents rack, you know, at the middle of the store, because uh, that was always kind of a tradition. But to – TV shows, and I don't know if they still do this. You can share with us if they do, but like your uh, Chicago Meds or your, um, you reminded me of one.
2: Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. But isn't that still on the air somehow? I
1: think, I don't know, it was on, sh- on the other channel. They would have the Halloween specials. Like they would work oh, yeah. Halloween into.
2: They would stop a story arc dead in its tracks to have a Halloween episode.
1: Right. And then they'll do the same with Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and sort of all the things. And
2: usually it was whatever TV show lined up with airing that night that the holiday was being celebrated. So if they had a TV show that aired on a Thursday, they got the Thanksgiving special. Or if they were closer to Thanksgiving when they got the new season or something. But it's been a minute since I've seen a Halloween episode.
1: Do they have friends? I know friends was like your favorite. Was there Halloween friends episodes?
2: I want to remember. I want to say they had Halloween party episodes because wasn't it a Halloween party where you had the two different parties going on and Joey and Chandler kept filtering all the hot women to their party and all the boring people over to Monica's party?
1: No, but it sounds like a script written straight for for friends. Rhett and Ridgeland said, when I was a kid, the Roseanne Halloween special was always the best, and The Simpsons. Yeah, The
2: Simpsons is the only one that seems to do it year in, year out with their Treehouse of Horror episode.
1: You know, who brought back to life, or I don't know, I guess people have probably been dressing like Marge. Is that how you say it? Marge? Marge. Marge Simpson. Simpson. But if you haven't seen it...
2: That's a really hard voice to do, too.
1: It is, but not when you think about it, in terms of Costume is pretty simple. I mean, she's got the tall hair. You have to sort of yeah. You got to figure
2: out how to do the hair and then the paint little, yourself yellow.
1: Punch yourself yellow, but then just red necklace and a green suit, or yeah, I think it's a green dress. Do you know who the singer Lizzo is?
2: Vaguely. Um,
1: I want hair tall. Flip my nails. That lady. Not ringing a bell. Okay. Well, she is. Google it. You will never look at Mars. Mars. March. (laughs) You will never look at The Simpsons the same way again. You'll probably never listen to that. Is this like
2: uh, Kim Kardashian? I saw this on the news. I don't know why it was news, but Kim Kardashian apparently got her and a couple buddies to dress up like X Men or people from the X Men movies. And I think Kim Kardashian was Mystique, the blue one, Mm -hmm. where it's not really a costume, it's just covering yourself with blue paint. But. Dressed up for a party this weekend.
1: What if you had to pee? And it
2: wasn't a costume party.
1: That It was just
2: somebody's hallo- a Halloween birthday party combination. And there's a picture of Kim Kardashian dressed up in the mystique outfit with somebody wearing a nice fancy cocktail dress.
1: That actually happened in the movie um, oh. where well, she was the lawyer. Legally blonde. And she showed up as the Playboy bunny to a non-costume costume party but this was real life so you're looking it up aren't you?
2: Yeah, that's disturbing.
1: <laughs> I told you. All right, stick with us. We got more for you coming up next.
2: Well, I saw Lon Chaney walking with the queen Doing the werewolves of London I saw Long Chaney Jew walking with the queen Werewolves of I saw a werewolf drinking a Pina Colada at Trader Vic's. This hair was perfect.
1: good things on your computer or your mobile device just head on over to supertalktv.com knock knock who's there butter butter who butter open quick i have a funny halloween joke to tell you <laughs> last one knock knock who's there fangs Fangs who thanks for letting me in <laughs> Oh, you're going to take all of them and you're going to run with them tonight as you go out for Halloween and hit the streets there in your towns. You can have your kids prepared to hit the knock knock jokes at the door, but let's be honest, they're probably not going to stick around long enough to actually have a conversation with the person on the other side. I do appreciate, though, the communities who really get involved, or not just the communities, the neighborhoods. And you all know, like, which neighborhood is the neighborhood to go to. Kind of like with, and I feel like. It's not the same for all the holidays. Like if you really rock it for Halloween, you're probably not the one that they're going to go to for Christmas. It's like you kind of pick your poison because, I mean, that's a lot of effort to put in for, you know, one night for um, for Halloween, which many of you start putting things up there like October 1st because you want to get the enjoyment out of it. And our kids enjoy seeing the different decorations, too, in the daylight um, all, month, all, all month long. Uh, and then, you know, you transition to take all that down and then put everything up for Christmas would be a lot. But you have those signature com- uh, neighborhoods for Christmas, but you're going to have those signature neighborhoods for uh, Halloween. Do you remember there in Tupelo? Like what was the what neighborhood did Rhino circa nineteen nineties go to for, for the good candy?
2: I mean we usually just walked around our little neighborhood circle place kind of block there. But if we went trick or treating with my buddy Goisich, he was always his family would take us to a neighborhood that was like about a half mile behind ours. And it was a bunch of windy cul-de-sacs and stuff, but everybody went whole hog for it. But ironically enough, that's the same place that did a big showing of Christmas lights and was very proud of their Christmas light showing. So it was just a, I guess, a well-organized neighborhood.
1: Someone said, oh, I live by the Griswolds. They do both times 10.
2: I used to live right around the corner from a family that they go all out. If there's an inflatable made for it, they will put it up in the front yard.
1: Good friends. If she's listening, I'm headed to your house in a little while, not poking fun at you. But they do. They collect, as she collects um, for uh, Halloween, and then she collects for Christmas. But it's almost like the cheating way of decorating fun fast because you don't have to put up all the intricate sort of things that that go along with it. You just sort of get to blow them all up and then, you know, take them down when you don't necessarily need them. So it's kind of genius, and they're loud and proud, so you – kids sort of enjoy them as well and then they pack away real nicely too so i think it's a genius idea but but you hear the other ones we have some in a little place that we're saying i mean their halloween whole scenes that they put out there i'm like where do you where do you store all of this
2: yeah the one i'm thinking of the, that house has a an old-timey style horse-drawn carriage hearse with like they're not glass but it's plastic windows on the side of it and a zombie or a skeleton or something in the coffin Mm -hmm. that rises up every once in a while.
1: It's always a good time. It's
2: crazy what the the inflatables will do.
1: It is, and they're getting better, and then, you know, it gets uh, more lifelike every year.
2: Or are you the type of family that has the giant 13-foot-tall skeleton from the hardware store out in the front yard? There's always one. Just to do it.
1: There's always one in every neighborhood. It's well, it's the same, you know. At tomorrow, we'll start playing Christmas music. You know that, right? And so, just kidding, kinda. I don't know. Too soon? Let's get there. A little
2: bit too soon.
1: Let's get there tonight, right? But you'll have the big reindeer. This just the big old reindeer. This, you're like, there you go. He's big. He's got a bow on him and everything, spotlight and all, and that's it. That's my Christmas decorations. But you know which house it is. Every sort of neighborhood sort of has one.
2: Yeah, every kid knows who has the coolest or the best or the flashiest decorations. Every kid knows, and I'm not. this is not a slight on you, it's just every kid knows this, the dentist's house where you're going to get the little toothpaste and the toothbrush. You're not getting candy there. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows the, the wealthy retirees that give out the full-size or the king-size candy bars every Halloween. And you always make sure you hit that one early and that's one of the few places where you're actually going to be nice you're not just going to run up hey hat trick-or-treat and then run off without saying thank you oh please say thank you 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 get those you get the house that everybody knows is giving away the full-size candy bars there will be a line and it'll be the most prim and proper line of little kids you've ever seen because they don't want to do anything to get kicked out of line and not get their full-size candy bar
1: Fun fact, cotton candy was actually invented by a dentist. It was originally called Fairy Floss. The more you know. I hope you all have a safe and happy Halloween uh, tonight with your family if you choose to partake in trick-or-treat. But stick with us. you got more coming up next. You've got Sports Talk with the boys from 3 to 6. We'll be back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things.